Hey, if you live in the Randolph, New Jersey area and you need some help in accomplishing your health and fitness goals or you just want to gain some more energy and feel good again, we have our 50 Strong Challenge currently running at Next Generation Training Center and we are still accepting applicants to the program where you'll learn five habits that are going to help you achieve your health and fitness goals and be able to sustainably keep them for the rest of your life. So if you are interested in joining the 50 Strong Challenge, go to the show notes, click the link, put in your information and we'll be in touch ASAP to get you registered for that. So again, the link is in our show notes and we'd love to see you at the gym. Now on to the show. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode number 182 of Next Gen Radio. I am your host, Mike Colano, And this month of February, we will be reaching our ninth year in business as Next Generation Training Center. And as the years have gone on, we have made lots of changes. Uh, actually, in fact, one of our core values is growth. So we're always looking to grow and always looking to change and evolve. And so today's episode is about the five fat loss facts that I've changed my mind and my opinion about over the past nine years. Because just like uh, in the fitness industry or in the fitness world, I should say, things are constantly changing. Nutrition advice is constantly changing. New research, new science, new studies are coming out all the time, not only in nutrition, but in fitness and health and strength training. And so things are always evolving and we're always trying to stay on the cutting edge and trying to stay ahead of things uh, that are that are coming out. And so, you know, I've had uh, a lot of things that I've changed my mind about over the years and I've had a lot of things that um, I've changed our approach on um, over the years. So um, these are the five uh, biggest things or five things that come to mind right now of the um, different things that I've changed my opinion about uh, over you know, the past nine years since we've been open. Uh, the first one is HIT training for fat loss. What HIT training is is high-intensity interval training, which was made popular um, by uh, gyms such as Orange Theory and F45, um, these chain gyms that are popping up uh, seemingly everywhere. I know if I go, you know, a couple miles in one direction down the highway, there's a, there's an orange Siri. If I turn around and go a couple miles, the other direction, there's a, another orange Siri. Uh, there's an F 45 a little bit further down the road. Uh, so these, these gyms, these chain gyms are very popular and they're, you know, they're, they're opening up everywhere. Uh, but orange Siri was really one of the first to make hit training, uh, popular or high-intensity interval training. And when I first opened NextGen, we did a lot of HIT training, at least in, in this sense. Now, I could go off and talk about what true HIT training is because it is uh, not doesn't look anything like what um, is now considered HIT training in the mainstream. True HIT training is really going hard for a short period of time with a pretty long rest period, high intensity, going 100% all out for 5 to 10 seconds, maybe up to 30 seconds, but then resting, you know, upwards of, you know, 2 to 3 minutes in between those 10 to 30 second bursts. Um, So that is actually true HIIT training, and I do believe in that. Um, But what we're talking about here is the popularized, where you're wearing the heart rate monitor and you're trying to get up into the the red zone as high as you can, uh, getting your heart rate up as high as you can, taking a short rest period, and then going back at it again. 
And this is what, what they call hit or high intensity interval training where it's, you know, hard on for, you know, a period of time and then, you know, and then taking a rest for a short period of time and then back at it again. Uh, and I used to believe that this was uh, the best type of cardio for fat loss. And uh, we did a lot of it at NextGen. Uh, but research science, and actually this is old research and old science that has come back around to, to be proven correct, uh, just shows that it's just simply not true. Uh, you you don't burn more fat by doing you know, super high-end training. In fact, you're probably hurting yourself by doing that because you're not giving yourself enough time and rest in between to fully recover so that you can give max effort on the next set. And uh, it just simply just does not work very well for, for fat loss. Um, it is very popular. Like I said, it's popular because people like the feeling that they get. You feel good when you do that. You feel like you worked out hard. Uh, after doing it, you're sweating, your heart's racing, you know, you're tired, you know, you really feel like you really got after it hard. But again, the, the, the fact is, is that it really doesn't do all that much to help with fat loss. It doesn't do a whole lot to help with a lot of things besides just really make you tired. Uh, so if your goal is to get tired and to feel like you worked that hard, then HIT training is great. But if your goal is fat loss, if your goal is muscle gain, if your goal is to get into better general shape, um, HIT training is really just kind of a waste of time. My second thing I've changed my opinion on is calorie counting. Now, I used to be very much against calorie counting. I used to say don't count your calories, make your calories count. And I still do truly believe that. However, it is science and it is proven that the only way to really lose weight is to be in a caloric deficit. And the only way to really gain weight is to be in a caloric surplus. Now, of course, there are some nuances along the way and every single person's different. Everybody has uh, a little bit, a little bit different body type, a little bit of ma different amounts of muscle, a little bit um, different amounts of fat, a little bit different amounts of experience. You know, I could keep going on and on about all the differences that we have. Uh, but the fact is, at the end of the day, if you want to lose weight, you need to be in a caloric deficit, and if you want to gain weight, you need to be in a caloric surplus. Uh, so calorie counting is definitely very important. Now, I don't think that you necessarily need to count every single calorie. In fact, I don't do that. Uh, I've tracked my food in the past, uh, and I've gotten to a pretty good understanding of what it takes for me to eat on a uh, on a single day for me to consistently do that to lose weight, if that's my goal at the time, or to put on muscle, um, if that's my goal at the time. Uh, so I don't think you necessarily need to count every calorie, and I don't think counting every single calorie is actually all that accurate. Um, I think if you have a good general understanding of it, uh, then you can start training yourself and becoming more, as I call it, an intuitive eater, which is what I like to practice. You know, I, I have a good understanding of what my portion sizes need to be, uh, and I stick to that consistently. But I do believe that you have to understand your calories in and your calories out for you to be effective at any type of um, diet, whether that's weight loss or muscle gain uh, slash weight gain. Um, you have to be aware of, of the calories and they have to be quality calories. I do believe that 
like I said before, don't count calories, make your calories count. Well, make your calories count is super important because, you know, 100 calories of potato chips is very different than 100 calories of steak. So don't get me wrong and, and don't think that this is just saying that all you have to do is count calories being a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit and you'll be healthy. That's not what I'm saying, um, but I'm also saying that it is important to have a good understanding of that, um, of, of what a calorie is and how much, um, how, how dense, dense uh, cal uh, caloric dense foods are uh, when you're eating them. Third thing I've changed my mind on is intermittent fasting. Now, I've changed my mind in a couple different ways. <laughs> First, I used to think that it was stupid. I used to think that um, it was just a way for people to kind of starve themselves. Uh, and then uh, after bashing it for a while, I actually tried it myself. And I practiced intermittent fasting for um, probably close to two years, uh, if not a um, little less than that, but probably about two years, give, give or take. And I've just recently stopped doing intermittent fasting because I wanted to change things up. I wanted to, to see if my principles um, of how I eat work, whether it's intermittent fasting or not. Uh, and so far, I'm actually um, in pretty good shape <laughs> since since changing uh, and since not doing intermittent fasting, I haven't gained any weight. I have so I, I don't I don't think that there's anything magical about intermittent fasting, um, but I do believe that if you are somebody who struggles with your calorie consumption, by doing intermittent fasting, it does restrict that window, so you may eat less throughout a particular day um, just because you have that less window. Now, some people do feel like they have more energy. They feel like they have less cloudiness, you know, brain fog. Um, they feel, uh, you know, like I said, more energized in the morning or, or throughout the time that they're fasting, uh, you know, both physically and mentally. I, I don't think that there's really much studies that really verify that. I think that might be more of a placebo effect or might be more of a uh, just, you know, if somebody just feels better by not eating and not having food in their system. Uh, so, you know, don't don't think that intermittent fasting is a magical thing that you should do. Um, again, I used to bash it all the time. I used to say that it's stupid, that people shouldn't be doing it, um, that people are just using it. Uh, you know, as a way to, to starve themselves. And, and the fact is that a lot of people do get good results from it because they're cutting out meals and they're, and they're, and they're dropping their calories from, from not eating those meals. So they're going to end up losing weight, uh, at least in the short term. But remember, everything always catches up. Your body always levels out. So just like anything else, if you go on any diet, you're going to get results, whether it's keto or, or intermittent fasting or uh, carnivore diet, uh, you're going to get results in the beginning, the first, you know, four to six weeks to first couple months, you're going to see results regardless of what it is, but don't become a charlatan. Don't get become, you know, get on your, your soapbox and start telling everybody that you got to be, you know, become, you know, uh, intermittent faster to, to be super healthy. There are a million ways to become healthy. Uh, you just basically, eat whole foods, eat balanced diet, and make sure your energy balances are in check, meaning you're not eating too much or too little calories. So intermittent fasting is definitely something I've changed my mind on. Um, basically, because I tried it for a while after bashing it, you know, I figured if I was going to bash it, I might as well try it first, um, experiment with myself. And, and I did enjoy it for a little while. I, I did for a few, um, almost two years, I, I did it. And, uh, you know, again, I'm no longer intermittent fasting. Uh, I eat 
you know, five, six times a day based on, you know, my schedule, my time, my activity levels. Uh, I don't have to necessarily go into all of that right now, but uh, I did stop doing intermittent fasting um, probably a few months ago, and um, my body hasn't changed. I haven't, you know, lost weight or gained weight, but I did lose a lot of weight in the beginning when I did start intermittent fasting. But there's a lot of other factors that came along with that that I changed that, um, that I don't have time to talk about today. But intermittent fasting, try it, don't try it. Um, there's nothing magical about it, but definitely not something that, you know, I used to, or definitely is something I used to hate on that I don't hate on anymore. Uh, the fourth thing that I changed my mind on is just cardio training in general. I used to hate cardio. I used to say that nobody has to do it. You know, I, I used to tell people that as long as you're strength training a few days a week, you know, you're, you're getting enough, um, you know, cardiovascular work just from being in the gym. Uh, and I was completely wrong about that. You, know, you definitely need cardiovascular training. You need different ranges of cardiovascular training. You need high intensity, low intensity, not, not necessarily hit training, but high intensity where you're getting your heart rate up to the higher zones. Um, you need lower intensity where you're going for a steady state for a long time, like a walk, a 30, 40, 50 hour long walk, not 50 hour long, 30, 40, 50 minute walk, hour long walk. Um, you know, you, you need to be hitting and training all the different ranges of the cardiovascular system to have a healthy heart, to have a healthy cardiovascular system and to improve your, your conditioning and your cardio. You know, if, um, you know, if you don't train it, you're never going to improve it. And the health benefits are just proven. You know, if you're, you know, 30 minutes a day, uh, of walking will, at a pretty brisk pace, you're not like stroll in the park pace, but not, you know, where you're out of breath either. You want to be walking at a steady pace where you could still have a conversation. But if someone was talking to you, they'd be able to tell that you were walking um, there. There's about 30 minutes a day, you know, three to five days a week. I try to go seven days a week, but three to five days a week shows how important or shows significant improvements um, in cardiovascular health and heart health. Uh, decreases in heart disease uh, and and all the gamut there. So, um, cardio training is something I've changed my mind on. I'm, in fact, it's it's funny. One of those Facebook posts just popped up, uh, like those memory posts, and it was from uh, I don't know six years ago or seven years ago. And uh, at the time, I was still using the MyZone, and uh, I did some sort of cardio workout, and I, I pretty much just bashed it in my post and talked about how nobody really needed to do it, and I thought it was stupid, but. At the end of the day, it is not. I was completely wrong about that, and that is definitely something that I've changed my mind on. In fact, I do cardio every single day now. Uh, the fifth and final thing, well, I, I could probably extend this list to like 30 more, but we'll end at, at five for um, time purposes. Um, but this is something that I've been very vocal. I used to be very vocal about. I used to think it was a big deal, um, and I've definitely changed my opinion on is the glycemic index. And the use of carbs, what carbohydrates do to you, etc. Um, I used to think that that was super important for everybody to be paying attention to. Uh, let me just caveat this with this: if you are somebody who is diabetic, pre-diabetic, has some sort of you know blood sugar issues, problems, um, 
this needs to be addressed with your doctor, not with me. I'm talking about the general population person who is quote unquote healthy, not saying that you can't be healthy if you have diabetes or prediabetes, but um, the general population who doesn't have these pre-existing issues. I mean, prediabetes could be something that can be reversed through diet and exercise. Um, but if you are dealing with something like that, speak to your doctor. Don't speak to me or any of our staff or our coaches. You know, we might be able to give you general advice, but that is something that definitely needs to be monitored and spoken to and addressed through a medical doctor. Um, you know, those people are much smarter <laughs> than we are. Um, but anyway, the glycemic index um, basically is a an index that you know puts different foods on the scale and, and registers how they spike your blood sugar. Now, Again, I used to think that this was very important. I used to tell people to not eat, you know, high glycemic foods like white rice, um, like apples and fruit. You know, these are all things, those are foods that are high on the glycemic charts because they spike your blood sugar. But the fact is, if you, no matter what you eat, the it is a natural response for your body to have a spike in blood sugar. It is completely natural and normal. The problem comes when somebody is obese or significantly overweight and their body can't control that spike. But most people, your bodies will be able to control that spike. And most people, it is actually naturally going to be a good thing for you if you're exercising and strength training. You know, if you're a couch potato um, and you sit there and, and, you know, eat a, you know, a, a bowl of ice cream and then sit there and not do anything for another, you know, the rest of the day and then eat, you know, um, more ice cream later on or whatever. Um, it, it's not a good thing. You know, the, the, but I used to be a big believer in like controlling the fluctuations of your blood sugar, eating every couple hours to make sure that stays level, you know, eating low glycemic foods. But in reality, that is not going to move the needle for majority of the people. If you're somebody who is like locked in with everything, you're locked in with your sleep, you're locked in with your exercise, you're locked in with the rest of your nutrition, your stress levels are great, you're drinking enough water, you know, you're doing everything, then maybe this could move the needle a little bit. But for the most part, it is not that big of a deal. Most people will not see a difference in their weight, will not see a difference in their fat loss if they pay close attention to the glycemic index or they don't. Uh, in fact, if you listen to some, I listen to a lot of um, podcasts uh, about, you know, this health and science, um, you know, arena. Somebody who's very, very popular right now is Dr. Peter Atia, and he spoke about wearing one of those uh, heart rate, I mean, one of those uh, glucose monitors, uh, just for the fun of it, um, and he and he basically said that he didn't really care about the results. He said that it's something he does not pay attention to. He doesn't really care. Um, and if Dr. Peter Atia is saying that, that's good enough for me. Um, but this is really something that, again, most things in health and fitness end up being very extreme. People like to look at one particular part and and hyper um inflate it make it you know incredibly like incredibly important um you know and, and most of those people are 
you know, people who are selling something. They wrote a book about it. They, you know, they, they're selling a product based around it. They're trying to um, build a following based around it, one specific thing. And the glycemic index and, and blood sugar regulation is, is one of those. Now, something you do need to pay attention to is your resting blood sugar, your, your AG1. No, that's your... Um, crap, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, of course, while I'm, while I'm recording this. But um, your resting blood sugar is something that is some is very important to pay attention to um because you know if your resting blood sugar is high or your I'm sorry your fasting blood sugar is is high then that leads uh to other health issues um but in general the glycemic index is not something that should really be all that concerning you want to make sure that you're eating healthy foods. Of course, you do want you do want to stay away from refined sugars. You want to stay away from, you know, all the added sugars. And you do want to pay somewhat attention to it, you know. But the fact is your blood sugar is going to spike. Your blood sugar is going to um, dip. And it, it, uh, it, it spikes and dips. Um, based off a lot of different factors, um, you know, but specifically, uh, it, it definitely is affected by the other foods that you're eating with those foods. So, like, if you eat white rice with pro with a, a normal serving of protein and vegetables, you're probably not going to really get that big of a spike in your blood sugar, even if you just eat white rice in general by itself. But if you eat like you know, a candy bar, which is, you know, 80%, 70%, you know, refined sugars and junk, you're going to get a pretty high spike. Now, if you do that over and over and over again with crappy nutrition, with no nutritional value, you're going to have peaks and valleys. You're going to feel like crap. It, it, it can affect your energy levels. It can affect your, your um, focus and it can affect uh, your appetite it makes you crave more of when your blood sugar is dropping and, and then spiking and dropping. Um, but generally speaking, it's not something that you really need to be, be all too concerned about, right? It's an interesting to learn about. It's interesting to kind of monitor. Um, you know, you, you definitely will feel some, uh, you know, some differences, but at the end of the day, it's not something that's going to move the needle all that much for probably 90% of the people out there who are not diabetic or pre-diabetic. If you're di- again, if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, you got to speak to a doctor, all right, because controlling your blood sugar is something that needs to be done by a professional, not just through your diet. Um, but it is a normal thing for your blood sugar to spike and, and dip. And if as long as you're generally healthy, as long as you're somewhat active and fit, it is not going to make all that big of a difference. Do not go around and, and plop one of those uh, uh, blood sugar monitors into your arm and then, you know, be hyper-focused on every little food that you eat um, because it really doesn't make all that big of a difference. And in fact, there's a lot of times throughout my day where I intentionally try to spike my blood sugar, whether it's, you know, right before a workout, a hard workout, right after a hard workout, um, even... You know, I, I eat a lot of carbohydrates at night. I guess that could be number six is uh, no carbs at night. That was a big thing that I used to talk about that I don't believe in. 
anymore. In fact, I eat a majority of my carbs. Um, I mean, I spread them out throughout the day, but I eat a lot of carbs at night. About 60% of my diet is carbs. And, and you know, people might think that's crazy. Um, walking around below 10% body fat, you know, and I take my shirt off. I could, you know, I have visible six pack abs. You know, some, these are the things that I never had before when I when I was concerned about my carb intake, when I was, um, you know, trying to do as much hit training as possible, you know, when I like, these are things that are these, this, this results that I've gotten over the past couple of years, uh, weren't there, uh, over the years before that. Um, and a lot of these, these top five or these six now, uh, fat loss facts that I've changed my mind on that I were practicing and thinking about and, and really implementing um, was hurting my, my results. So don't be afraid of carbs. Um, again, obviously don't overeat. You know, don't eat crappy carbs. Don't eat sugar. Don't eat ice cream. Not don't eat. No, don't never eat it. But you know what I mean. Um, you know, obviously you want to stick to healthy whole foods, but fruits will not make you fat just because a fruit spikes your blood sugar. You know, there's a lot of fruit. In fact, there's, I think like an apple or a pineapple is like way higher on the glycemic index than, than like ice cream because ice cream has fiber in it. So ice cream is actually a little bit lower on the glycemic index and like don't cut out fruit. Nobody has ever gotten fat from eating too much fruit and all you have to do is try this. Try to go and eat and try to go eat like five apples. You can't do it, right? You could eat probably, you know, f- five servings of potato chips or you could go eat five candy bars without feeling satisfied. But try go eating five apples, right? It has nothing to do with your blood sugar. It has absolutely to do with the type of nutrition and the nutritional value of the food that you're eating. So those are my top five fat loss facts that I've changed my opinion about over the last nine years. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions, you can always send them into our email, which is ask at nextgenradiopodcast.com. I'd be happy to answer them. Um, and I do have to finish the show by apologizing because this is the only show that it was released this week. Generally, we release two shows on one on Tuesday and one on Friday. The one on Fridays are usually what we call Ask Next Gen, where we have three questions that you send, that you submit that we answer for you. We did not get that show done this week. We had a big snowstorm on Tuesday, which screwed up the whole week for me. Uh, we couldn't get another recording uh, in this week, so I do apologize for not getting two shows out. Um, but hopefully we will be back on track next week with two shows, one on Tuesday, which is generally like this one where I'm just talk, talking about something about my experience or talking about my um, opinions on things. And then one on Friday, which is, which is Ask Next Gen, where we answer three of your questions. So if you do have questions, please submit them to ask at nextgenradiopodcast.com. Um, and I do appreciate all of our listeners. Please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on either Google, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on Spotify or on Apple iTunes. And uh, that will really help us grow our audience. We're going to have some prizes coming up soon in the near future. Um, So leave those five-star reviews and we'll go back and go through them and give out some prizes for our favorite five-star reviews. So once again, thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. And until next episode, thank you and be well.